There's too many homelosers, too many trimmers, but I like to watch them for Rotten Treasure. Hello, welcome to the Rotten Treasures podcast. We watched uh, Tremors 2 Aftershock. Uh, I'm Jim O'Donnell. With me as always with is my co-host, Kai Bobby. Hello. And our special guest, veteran improviser, mindset coach, and unaware of his own blood type, Ralph Andracchio. Yay! Hello. Hi, Ralph. How are you? Hi, I'm Ralph. Good. What would you say is your relationship with the whole Tremors just franchise? <laughs> Estranged. <laughs> um, I, I saw the first one. I enjoyed the first one very much so, as I think a lot of people did. Little, little you know, touchstone of culture, Americana. Um, after that, I, I left the franchise. I was like, you know what? That perfect. Let's put a period at this moment in my life and move on. So when you asked me to watch Tremors 2, I was intrigued. I was like, do I want to revisit that time in my life? Sure, why not? Uh, I'll be honest, same. Uh, <laughs> this is the first time I've ever watched it, too. Mm. We all we went into episode seven of this podcast uh, as a complete mystery. Yeah, no, it, well, honestly, except for me, this is one of those... You described, I think, Home Alone 3 like this for you, where you kind of mixed up... Like, and thought that that was the, the you know, you thought that that was the Home Alone. And at times, like, there's a lot of parts of rewatching this that I was like, oh, that's Tremors. That's the first Tremors. Um, so I definitely blurred these two together because I saw them, I saw them both growing up. Yeah. And I think visually, too, that this one is not as good. <laughs> I, could, I was, I watched the trailer just to get, to a couple days ago just to get my feet wet and like oh, no. and it looked like somebody filmed it on their day off on like a handheld <laughs> camcorder and because the like the film quality i was like did the first tremors look this bad and i i would i would venture to say no do you i mean okay i do this i, I actually kind of do this quite often do you ever watch both of you <laughs> do, uh, do you ever watch a? Uh movie trailers for movies from like a long time ago or movies that you've even seen already. Yeah. I mean, I, whatever I like see, you know, or like something's either mentioned in another movie, uh, you know, or, or, or just like someone mentions it. I need, I kind of do need to go see what the, you know, the sixth final destination trailer was because <laughs> someone mentioned a death from it or something, you know? Yeah. I, I do it all. The, I, it's very nostalgic for me. Because I feel like I watched more movie trailers than I've seen actual movies. Because, like, when I'm, like, 10 years old, I'm like, this is all I can watch because my parents aren't going to let me watch Titanic. <laughs> Your parents didn't let you watch Titanic. <laughs> they actually, actually, fun story, they did. Uh, they did, <laughs> but they made me close my eyes during the naked parts. Yeah. Uh, oh, it was just boobies. I think it was just boobies, yeah. It's fine. Yeah, as a six-year-old, that would be uh, detrimental to me, apparently. Yeah. I mean, I watched it with my mom and, and definitely had the like, oh, my mom's seeing me see boobs. So, I mean, like, yeah, I'm trying to think. I was probably around 13 hey, at the time. I watched, I watched Dead Calm with my mom. What's and that? I don't know what Dead Calm. First of all, if you don't know what it is, please treat yourself this week and look up Dead Calm. has a young, sexy as hell Billy Zane in it. Oh. Young, sexy as hell uh, Nicole Kidman in it. Young, uh, uh, youngish, uh, um, Who's the guy from uh, 
He was in Event Horizon, uh, Sam Neill. Oh, yeah. Uh, and it's, it takes place on the high seas. Um, lots of really rough shit. And I watched that with my mom, and I turned out the way I turned out. So. <laughs> I mean, if it's got Sam Neill in it, it's, it's got to have some and rough shit. That he was, was a gravitas, yeah. Um, but to your point about watching trailers, I uh, old trailers, I actually have gotten in the habit of watching old television commercials from the 80s when I grew up as like an ASMR thing to go to sleep. So I'll just put it on on my iPad in the background and it like gives me these warm, fuzzy feelings of being 10 again and then I fall asleep. Oh, interesting. There, You can find them if you look up TV commercials from like any decade or any year, there's like 30 minute loops of them and it's just commercials and it's the best thing ever. The thing I do, it, uh, I don't do this to fall asleep, but the, th the thing I'll do is watch uh, the beginnings of VHS tapes. Like they have whole VHS tapes on YouTube. Uh, the one I watch all the time is because I watch that VHS tape all the time was uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2, The Secret of the Use. Mm -hmm. nice. Yeah, and I love watching Suburban Commando and Step Kids. Uh, that trailer, those two trailers over and over, apparently. Mm-hmm. I mean, they have a they have a thing for you on the internet. There's there's countless YouTube channels that are just like, here's every movie that are like big blockbuster hit from this year, but trailers. Or I will do the what's coming out this year. Let me just watch ten trailers in a row. Sit down. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. There's a um, there's actually a, a website. I don't remember what it's called, and I wish I did. Uh, where you can watch like it's like Nickelodeon, but 1995 and it would be what their schedule would have been in 1995 plus the commercials from that era. I love that. Well, I think I'm going to hop on that commercial tactic there, uh, Ralph, because I definitely have a hard time sleeping and I was a TV kid. Like it was always as like I fell asleep to Nick at night. So I fell asleep to the same stuff my parents fell asleep to, which was interesting. <laughs> well, I guess not really. They didn't have a TV in their room. I fell asleep to the content they loved. Um, so I fell asleep to like Gilligan's Island and, and um, like I love Lucy yeah uh, so like that and then in between commercials actually would be really nice like i just want time to make the donuts to like be what i fall asleep to oh that would be great and i love i love the uh the station identifications from from like the early 80s like we've got the spirit channel 7 boston wpix tv you know <laughs> and it's all the really like terrible 70s like disco graphics of like here comes the seven. Oh, it's boston it's it's really it's it's so much fun to watch what a weird holdover from like radio because radio you do that because you're like what channel am i listening to and you just wait a couple seconds they're like wxrp and you're like okay it was that one yep but television i know what channel i'm watching it says it in the corner right and it didn't used to. You 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 honestly didn't know sometimes, and they would have to tell you you're watching Channel Eleven in New York by accident. By accident, <laughs> <laughs> the San Fernando Valley. Oh, I would, love it if, I would love it if occasionally they would just be surprised too. Like when you click, like, oh wait, <laughs> hey, wait, we work for Station Eleven. Are you sure? Yeah, <laughs> guys, a viewer <laughs> Who's watching us. Hi, Kai. And you're just like, this is my nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm going to have that nightmare tonight. Thank you so much. And they're just like, do you want to watch Tremors 2 Aftershocks? <laughs> we lost our viewer. We lost our only viewer. <laughs> uh, the answer to that, Jim, is no, I do not want to watch that movie. Um, I was going to say, we have, we have, uh, Kai messaged me earlier 
because they have a very different opinion on this. Ralph, before we get into it then. Sure. Overall, did you like it or didn't you? <laughs> Ooh, starting out with the tough questions right away. Did I like it? Um, we want to see whose side you're on. No, I didn't. Okay, you're on Kai's side. You're on my side. Thank you. I appreciate Not, that. For, for many reasons we'll probably get into during the course of this discussion. I'll say I there's definitely parts I hate about this movie. Yes, absolutely. Like, no doubt about it. But I did overall kind of like it for the first hour, definitely. It felt like it did feel kind of consistent for the first hour of with the first movie. And, okay. Are you saying that it like paralleled the, the pacing? It's been a while since I've seen the first one, but from what I remember, I think the first one was was a little bit better at suspend the uh, suspension of disbelief. Of you know, they set up they set up the little the sleepy town and like mm -hmm. all the you got to know the people and you liked them and you cared about them and it was right. like it was a fun premise and they it was Kevin Bacon was in it. My God, you know. <laughs> Yeah, so, where's my Kevin Baking peeing off a cliff? I don't give me something to start this film. So this one just didn't have that that lead, that nice lead in. Like I didn't care about anybody in this film. I cared about the ostriches. That was about it. They they oh. cared the, they killed the barrel guy right away. Like they just came right. into the movie and they said, "Here's a guy who has to run on some barrels to get away from these, you know, graboids." I can finally get that word out of my mouth, right? Graboids. Yeah, graboids. Terrible and word. You're just like Sure, I haven't even gotten, like, began to care about this character, and sure, they're dead. What's next? Right. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Ralph, you brought up the ostriches. Uh, do you want to know something that's very interesting about those ostriches? Yes, please. Do you want to know why they wouldn't mate with each other? Are they, are they the same sex? They are both male. Oh. Female uh, ostriches are shorter and, like, oh. more roughly. Well, well. Yeah, I guess you didn't notice that either, because I don't know ostriches at all. Did, there was something really subtle that happened about sex and sexuality further into the movie, and I'm wondering if anybody else picked up on it, but we will get to it when we get to it. Oh, that's fine. I mean, oh, I mean, we can get into it now. You, you got me intrigued. Well, real quick, before we do that, though, I do want to note, in terms of uh, like comments to the ostriches, Earl said something that really made me laugh. Uh, and I'm going to find it right now. Uh, now, you and Susie, <laughs> you're, uh, now you and Susie are going to make me some little birds, or I'm going to take some barbecue sauce to the both of you. It made me laugh so hard. Uh, that was my first, like, okay, maybe I do like this movie moment. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, like, I don't know, random stuff. That's what happens in all of these movies. It's just, it'll, I'll be like really upset and bored out of my mind and then just out of nowhere get hit by a line that just is absurd. I think for me, the, the, um, the first time they blew up one of the, the graboids and they had those, those, uh, really ridiculous looking umbrellas mm. and the, the, um, the new guy like forgot to open his, it was like this nice little comedic moment that I thought was was cute that that made me giggle a little bit oh it's a yep. gif I was gonna send someone a tremors related gif and that's that's one of them that pops uh. up is is him just being like oh crap all right well now I got pumpkin you know tremors guts all over my body <laughs> pumpkin spice latte tremor guts. there were some funny edits in it like I think I think my favorite funny edit 
because I wrote, I actually wrote this in both my things I hate section of my notes and things I like section of my notes, um, was when they, uh, Fred Ward looks at Riley's butt and they do like that long extended thing. I was like, ugh, we're doing this. All right, mm-hmm. fine. And then it shows from her perspective and then she stares at his butt for a really long time. And I was like, yes, I'm into this. I was like, that was a really funny joke. <laughs> <laughs> I, I liked it. I don't know. <laughs> it well, was no, very I mean, funny editing. Th- that was the thing. Is like in order to to kind of mirror the first movie, they're like, all right, Fred Ward needs to have a love interest because that's what movies need to do. And they give like a baseless character real quick. I'm kind of attracted to you. And then he does like the the creepy entrance into the room where he puts his like arm up against the door and he's like, well, hey, little lady, you know, whatever comes in. And then they do your only way out of this room. How you (laughs) (laughs) super, super creep. Um, And I forget. He's like, we were going to talk about seismographs or something like, I don't know. He said something bullshit just to like get the conversation going. Um, But then it was because of the no, sorry. It was because of the mutual but like visual swapping that made me be like all right cool like they're on the same page thank you for putting that at ease <laughs> oh yeah I, I i agree with you i think it's it's an old trope that needs to die that you have to have a love interest to have the audience needs a stake in this they need to care we have to make him fall in love with somebody how about you just write characters that we actually want to care about especially, they don't have to be in love especially since these two had no chemistry. They had zero. I have more chemistry with Fred Ward, and I've never met the man. <laughs> they didn't talk to each other for like 50 minutes of the movie. <laughs> right. Like the middle part was just like, whatever. And then with the last 15 minutes, they're like, oh, hey, remember me? We looked at each other's butts. Let's fall in love real quick and then wrap up the movie. <laughs> if I had a nickel for every time that's happened to me in real life. <laughs> yeah. There, there's a specific scene where they where they're like, oh shit, we have to make these two fall in love, and they're just <laughs> sitting on top of the, uh, uh, I forget what it was, uh, a bunch of fuel or whatever. Yeah. And then he's just like, so, are you single? And she's like, <laughs> why? Who's asking? <laughs> what? <laughs> what poor chemistry they have. And the and the whole weird like. Oh, it it act, turns out she was actually the Playboy pinup that he's had in his his living room this whole time. I'm like, guys, come on, can we I, not? I is hated that. that. <laughs> is that really necessary? All right, are you gonna do it? Okay, all right, go ahead. Nope, go ahead, go ahead. You do it. It's great. There, there's two things I hated in this movie. One was that, and two was the new guy. Oh, you're just talking about Grady. Mm-hmm. He went, he went from things that make me laugh to things that really piss me off category real fast. Uh, he's a delusional fanboy, and I hate him. <laughs> I, I enjoyed how they made him, like the, the wardrobe people were like, let's put every possible like early 2000s wardrobe trope we can. Like he was wearing two pairs of socks at the same time. What? Oh, I didn't notice that. It's like, was that a like he had the unbuttoned like bowling jer- uh, jersey. He had the fedora hat, fingerless yeah. gloves. My fi- the only thing I was looking at. Two pairs of socks. Like mm-hmm. you, I was like, can you edit yourselves down? Like, what did what did uh, uh, Chanel say? Like you always want to take look in the mirror and take one thing off before you leave the house. So... Somebody, Edith Head, some some really big 
fashion person was like, before you leave the house, look at yourself in the mirror and take one thing off before you leave. So it's like you edit yourself down to what you really need. Oh, it's it's gonna be my underwear every time. I'm just gonna be like, fuck. <laughs> I was gonna say, I can't take anything off. I'm, yeah. I'm down to my minimum as it is. I'm going no undies every that, time. That's what they should have done with him, but have been like, let's take it all off and start again because somebody went too far. Yeah, he looked like he was in swingers. I didn't yeah. like him. <laughs> Um, he did say one thing that really got me uh, as well, which was uh, Fred Ward was like, I don't even know you. And he's like, I drive a taxi. I live in a crappy apartment. I watch too much TV, et cetera, et cetera. <laughs> it's just like, you and get like, me. Oh, now I know you. Okay. <laughs> cool. Awesome. Now we're best friends. Awesome. Right. I still hate you. Cat. <laughs> <laughs> also, cabs are not going to go out into the middle of the desert to drop somebody off. In movies, I feel like this is a, my only evidence of this is in movies. Yes, where it's just like up a mountain and you're like, all right, enjoy the $5,000 tip later. Yeah, like I, I can't imagine jumping into a taxi in Philadelphia and be like, take me to the middle of the desert. <laughs> I actually, I think the weirder part about that is that a Mexican oil tycoon was like, yeah, once I get to America, then I'm going to take a ca uh, take a taxi cab to where I'm going. Oh, also, I'm glad you brought that up. Huge, huge plot hole, folks. Mm -hmm. uh, indulge me for a second. Since, so the first one in this in this reality really happened because they were talking in this movie about how, oh, I saw you on Good Morning America, and oh, they made an arcade game about this. You make, make so much money off this and magazines and everything. If everybody knew, and it wasn't just like this random thing that happened in a small Nevada town and nobody figured it out, right. if everybody knew, why was this oil guy going to a random, you know, Joe Schmo that, or why, why didn't they just organize the armies of the U.S. and Mexico and be like, oh, we've, okay, they're back. All right, let's get the army and a tank and fucking deal with it. Didn't someone say something about that, though? Didn't someone say, oh, if we brought out everyone, then uh, they'll know to avoid us or something? Right. It would be in this situation. It would be. Yeah, it would be like too much noise, too much chaos. And they would like actively uh, they. Well, actually, wait, did they mention it when it was in reference to the Shriekers or in reference to. Uh, well, no one, knows about the no one knows about the Shriekers at that point. Right. At that point, they don't know. OK, well, at this point, our, our listeners don't know either. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the Shriekers well, are we're very all over about. the place. Right, right, right. No, I don't. I don't know. I, I mean, well, then just don't invite that many army people. I just it just right. struck me as weird as like there's other people better equipped to deal with, like right. deal with it instead of the one guy that got lucky. The first time yeah right the one guy who doesn't know how to play rock paper scissors you know like that's the guy we're gonna send out there rock, rock beats everything <laughs> right can't quite oh, figure I it out got it i literally just got it oh my god because <laughs> oh my god yeah because they stand on rocks i li i'm not even joking i literally just got that oh you I, really just did i really did that's fucking terrible so that whole like that whole kind of mind fuckery when it comes to those games. My dad used to do the, you know, all right, heads I win, tails you lose thing with me for the longest time as a kid. And oh. I just was like, oh, okay, cool. I just really suck at, at odds. <laughs> just don't. There's no luck. There's no luck for me. <laughs> just bad at odds. Oh, I hate your dad. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> it's fine. Sorry, Mr. Kai's dad. It's totally fine. <laughs> it's actually his legal name. When I changed my name legally, he's like, I got you. We're going to change it to Mr. Kai's dad. <laughs> Hyphenated. Yeah. <laughs> so I have, a, I have a question. They're being offered 
our our, our, our like astute graboid specialist, uh, Dweeby McFuckface. What's his name? Grady. Grady. Uh, yeah, it's easy he's, to remember because he's grading. Thank you. Uh, yeah. He says fifty thousand dollars a pop for each one of these graboids that they kill. If this was you, would you do it? Yeah. No. I mean, you're Fred. Yeah. Hold on. You're Fred no. Ward in this situation. You've already dealt with them. You, okay. You, you've had some experience. Let me get into the mindset. In the realm of desert worms. No way in hell. No, I don't think I would. Then. <laughs> uh, you heard it. Uh, uh, no, I, don't, I honestly wouldn't think. Because he has to be traumatized. Like, yes. Absolutely traumatized. He watched, he watched multiple of his lifelong friends get devoured by things. And he's just in the middle of the desert with... Two ostriches. Uh, thank you for the thumbs up. Uh, <laughs> with two ostriches being like, I'm never going near uh, graboids again. Wait, but he lives in perfection still, if I'm not mistaken. So what do you mean he's never going to go near? Like, he's I'm never going to go near graboids, but he decides to live in the same city where he saw them last. That's a really interesting choice. Uh, Was he still in perfection? Uh, the Bird internet, devil. the internet told me that that Earl uh, Fred Ward's character was still uh, living in, oh, in the same city. But maybe I'm incorrect. <laughs> Bert definitely was because he's he's they did he didn't even fix the hole when the first in, from the first movie. Oh right, yeah, no, it's fine. He's back in his bomb shelter again. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's right. I uh, I wouldn't do it for a different reason. Okay. Okay. Because I don't know if I've been conditioned to look for the twist at the end of movies now, but. Mm. I, and a Mexican oil tycoon comes to me and says, I'll pay you 50000 They never specified what 50000 was. Mm-hmm. Oh, never- it's 50000 oh, Do you think they're going to pull so the like... We'll give you 50000 So I thought, okay, they're in Mexico. So what if it turned... Everybody was assuming it was going to be American dollars. But if it was Mexican pesos, the conversion rate is half. I just looked it up. So it's like 50 cents for every peso. So you would be making... Not that much. That's still twenty five thousand dollars, right? But still, I would be like, wait a minute. I what, <laughs> what? What's the conversion rate? Like, what do you talk about? Dollars? What? Well, boxing I, cream pies? What? Fifty thousand. I like that you've been tricked on a schoolyard too many times. We're like, yes. oh, uh, <laughs> you want five dollars? Well, here's five doll hairs. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you laugh. I'm still traumatized. <laughs> So this amount of money, the thing that this is actually one of the things that really bothered me. They were at one point, they're like, that's three hundred thousand dollars. They're just like, you guys are out in the middle of nowhere by yourself. You could just say how many graboids you killed. You're just making up numbers. There's no there's no security. There's no clock in schedule. There's just That's you, what I was thinking yeah. the whole time. I was like, how are they proving it? They're literally destroying the evidence. Right. They're just blowing all of these things up uh, with remote control cars with dynamite on them. And I love it. <laughs> I had the thought watching everything blow up. I was like, I wonder if they just, to save money, just filmed one explosion from multiple angles and just used that for everything. Oh, definitely. They wasted, they, okay, so they were supposed to get uh, Kevin Bacon and Reba back for this movie. And they were going to give them like, I think it was $20 million to make the movie. And then neither of them signed up. So they were like, okay, fine, $7 million then. And they had to spend so little money. So I I would not be surprised at all if they just did one explosion so I many think, times. I think I saw and also, they did it in $4 million. 
I think it was only four million that they did the budget. But go ahead. That was impressive. oh that it, every I see every penny. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> At four million. Um, the in the beginning when they were showing the the graboid like the wake of the the um the dirt like the mound of dirt that was moving, you could tell that it wasn't whatever they were using to pull underneath the ground to make it look like the graboid. It wasn't big enough. <laughs> It was okay. a little like whatever that whatever board they were using or whatever was so small that you're like, that's not that that does that's not big enough. Right. It, I'm not afraid of a gopher that's working their way it over here. Like a gopher. I was like, <laughs> yeah. Okay, cool. <laughs> this is oh, is this gonna be like Caddyshack? This is gonna be adorable. Let's do it. <laughs> Hilarious. Oh, this one's gonna be a romp. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, Jinx. <laughs> so I wanna share something with you, Ralph. I didn't tell you that I was going to do this, but uh over we said we weren't going to talk about politics, but I will have to mention that there was an election recently. Mm -hmm. um, and I've been getting plenty of messages uh, from people about, do you know where to vote? Make sure you vote. All that fun stuff, as I'm sure you were getting blown up on your phone. Oh, God, yeah. So to those who asked me, I made sure to respond with requesting if they have any hot takes on the 1990s horror sci-fi classic Tremors starring Kevin Bacon and Fred Ward. And I got some responses. <laughs> <laughs> yes please let's hear them so a lot of them were just like i have no idea what that is uh whatever very dismissive and i'm an asshole for just literally taking up these people's time but some of them were like this is hilarious thank you for doing this um i got kevin bacon is such a cutie in the film not my favorite series definitely scared me as a child i think that's fair fair that that's not my favorite kevin bacon look i'll say i don't like the hair on him it it, it just doesn't do it for me uh he also f seems very like gaunt in it too. This is me now just insulting Kevin Bacon. Uh, well, no. I feel really bad about it. <laughs> Siobhan shit on his hair in the first episode, so you're not. And honestly, she. I agree with Siobhan. I think his hair looks absolutely ridiculous in the first movie. So yeah, it's silly. And then um, Fred Ward took I'm his wig and put it on himself. Kevin Bacon. I'm sorry. What was that, Ralph? Um, I'm sorry. I talked over. Um, I'm more of a footloose Kevin Bacon myself. Mm. Yeah. That's um, I did get a, a follow-up with that with, however, can we count on you to vote for Joe Biden? You know what is scary as tremors? An uncontrollable respiratory virus that also kills people. Vote for Joe. He has a plan to open us back up. Also, uh, also uh, well, also crushing the virus like Kevin Bacon did with those giant worms. <laughs> so I appreciated Aww. that they, they were like, we're going to tie this into let's get you to do the thing that you need to they do. They beat the hell out of that metaphor. Good <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I really love that the... I really hope this brought some joy to somebody. They're like, all right, this is going to be fun. This breaks up my four-hour uh, random text messaging job right now. Um, and this one... Underground success, Joe Biden. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the last one I got here that was noteworthy was four stars. Because although it's somewhat dated, it's a great film. And the rapport between the two leads, 10 out of 10. Oh. Thank, you. Thank you, Jane, from volunteering with PA Democrats. <laughs> I don't like at all that they mixed uh, their rating system. Like, it was yeah. four out of four stars, but 10 out of 10 uh, chemistry. Up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 10 thumbs out of 10. <laughs> you decide on a rating system and stick with it, Joan. Please. <sighs> no, well, it's Jane, and I'm very, if she, I honestly, I think. She did ask about the podcast, and I think she's going to listen. So, Jane, just so you know, we're very frustrated with you about this. <laughs> if you want to apologize, you can talk to us on our Twitter. Yeah, and also you can be uh, a guest on the seventh uh, Tremors movie when we do that. <laughs> oh, 
Well, I guess I'm going to have to uh, t- t- to give some bad news to the person I booked today. Thanks, Jim. Oops. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm sorry. And I get, got in at number two. Yeah, no, seriously. Uh, this is a ridiculous series. I'm grateful that you got in when it was still somewhat slightly good. Yeah. Because uh, it's going to get, as far as I understand it, worse. <laughs> I was also, again, me thinking of twists and turns. I was also wondering, because at one point the oil guy said they'll get double, going back to the, you know, what you're making for killing them. <clears throat> they would get double, so 100,000 if they caught one alive. And my conspiratorial brain was like, what does an oil man want with a live graboid? I also was like, oh, okay, this is going to end with them. I, in my mind, it was like, okay, they're going to get there. They're going to start blowing them up. They're going to get one. They're going to bring it back halfway through the movie. And then they're going to be like, here it is. And then it's going to start attacking the streets like it does in uh, Jurassic Park 2. Uh, I, I was thinking more of aliens where they were like, oh, we wanted to smuggle one back to Earth so we could study it and clone it, you know, kind of thing. I'm a messed up person. The first thought I had was he's going to fuck that Graboid. There's no, there's okay. no way. There's no way he's not bringing that Graboid to have a good time. I'm so sorry, Jim. Well, little known plot point from Aliens, they also just wanted to fuck the alien before. Oh, really? I mean. Yeah, who wouldn't want to fuck a queen? It's yet again, another series, Jim, we'll have to go through because I've yet to see it. It, that's a that's a great one. Uh, the first two are great. I've never seen the third one. I saw the fourth one one time when I was 17, and it was New Year's Eve, uh, and I liked it, and I've been told I'm wrong. Don't get me started on Alien 3. I could talk about that movie. I, I was the only one growing up who liked it. Uh, everybody else I knew hated the shit out of that movie, so I could, I could do a whole podcast just on Alien 3. Oh, we're probably going to do it at some point, so I think we're going to book <laughs> and you. And bite me back. <laughs> love to talk about that for three hours straight. Ugh, you were an so, early fan of David Fincher. <laughs> I do love David Fincher. A thing that did also bother me, right? And I'm going to say this wrong. Someone help me out. This is a time period before dinosaurs. Cape is it Cabrian? I can't say it. Pre-Cabrian. So this, this is yeah, right. So I want to make sure. So Cabrian is a time period. This is pre-Cabrian, right? This is how many millions of years ago? Like 500 and almost 600 million years ago, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Because uh, I, I have a roommate who I mentioned this briefly, and then, of course, Nate, who I've mentioned in this podcast countless times, is like, oh, we're going to look into everything about this. Um, so at at that time, there's only one, um, what would you call it, like unicellular like existence that exists, and it's like a fern, basically like it's a plant. And then essentially, if this was true, like this would be one of like the only two like multi, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Faceted? No. <clears throat> It's very it's a very multifaceted animal. <laughs> no, this is cultural. No, this is why I hate you. Thanksgiving at their house was always so great. Oh, I lost it in my notes to make me sound like a smart person. Is the word you're looking for cellular? Yes, thank you. So it, it's I wanted to talk about the the movie Cellular real quick. <laughs> Oh, man. No, okay. no, 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 I'm not gonna do that. But this is essentially, this is, aside from this fern, this is the only multicellular, like, it, like being existing at this time, period. Which is ridiculous because what are they eating? MREs. How are they surviving? What, I'm sorry, what is that? MREs. They eat re- uh, meals ready to eat. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's what they were eating back in, uh, it, back before dinosaurs. They're just, they're eating those. 
Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Just army rations and graboids <laughs> and ferns. That was it. I just think it's ridiculous. They found, like, that fossil rock, and they were just like, yeah, 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 they're from, like, Dick Long time ago. And, like, Fred Ward's like, fuck, I thought they were aliens. I don't I trust like that, that geologist anyway because uh, something that really – this is where the movie lost me. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait to hear it. Wait, this, the... this made me laugh more than the other thing with the umbrellas. They were like, it sh- her, all right, so the sexy geologist is that like, oh, our our film needs a sexy geologist. Check. All right. Right. And so she was there and the guy helping her comes in and she's like, oh, did you place all the seismographs around the whatever? And he was like, oh, yeah, cool. I hooked him up to this this seismograph monitor. And it was like a, it was like a fucking Atari 2600. <laughs> <laughs> in, case, in case you want to play uh, Pong with this it sandworm. Like, like, <laughs> oh, it's coming this way. <laughs> Break out. You're like, oh, no, dude, E-T. nice, sick block, dude. Sick block. <laughs> it was just so comically terrible. I was like, why even do that? Just have a, just have one of those things that's like the lie detector with the, the, the pen that kind of scratches along. That would be even more believable than having that stupid Atari 2600 video game. I love it when Earl, uh, Fred Ward, like when they, they like have to abandon the truck, like he brings that with him and he's just like holding on to it with you. Yeah. <laughs> this is the one thing I need. <laughs> I almost reached my high score. <laughs> <laughs> I think the thing that bothered me the most about that was that uh, like they were the square in the middle, but the square in the middle moved. Like if they were like driving, the square would move across the screen. It's like, what's the point then? Like, yeah. well, I guess to me it reminds me of kind of similar to that of um, when you're using like a when you're like a boat and you're trying to find the fish, right? Doesn't your uh, doesn't you're still in the middle of the radar, though, right? Yeah. Yes. You, you win. <laughs> <laughs> I, I give up. That's modern technology. One this time, folks. Yeah, that's no, perfectly fine. This movie was. Uh, it's a shitty movie. I could, I think I could say that. Uh, I know I liked it, but it's definitely a shitty movie because I, I know you said that's the part that lost you. I was still like, okay, yeah, whatever. This is the eighties, even though it's like 1998 at this point. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm okay with this. Uh, right. But um, the, the part that lost me was when the CGI came out. Oh shit. Yeah. The first time you see them in CGI, I was like, I hate this. Yeah. This is the well, worst I mean, thing was, I've ever seen. That was around Jurassic Park, like CGI, right? Mm-hmm. Around the same kind of time. So this was actually filmed in 1992, I think. Let me see what year. It was like two years after. Okay, it was fo- filmed in 94. So that's around the time of Jurassic Park. They're they're worse. <laughs> <laughs> they, they did a worse job. That's another thing that lost me. Um, another thing, just that. <laughs> <laughs> Was the first one you you not you not only did you like the people, but their predicament was believable. Like mm-hmm. there's these things underground, they can feel the vibration, they're gonna hunt us, we have to stay on top of stuff. It was believable and it was fun, like, oh shit, this really makes sense. I'm scared for them. Once the graboids evolved, they didn't really quite figured that one out are they baby graboids or are they evolving then when they like the little puppies that could run around and they could just see you with heat i was like the sequels are supposed to raise the stakes not lower them like it's easier to get away from these things than it is from the graboids it was wild there was like some things that were wild to me 
one of the things was this thing's pre-Cambrian, and then in a day it evolves into a new thing. Right. It's like these have been underground for hundreds of millions of years, and then we come across and all of a sudden it's uh it, it runs. <laughs> yeah, it, it creates beings that eat their way out of their like their mom question mark question mark yeah yeah I don't know. Um, and then they make even smaller ones because they eat candy, and then they just like barf up another version of themselves. I love how they were. <laughs> These little fucking meatballs piss me off. They're so weird. <laughs> oh, it made itself sick. It ate too much, and there was just these long shots of this puppet like dry heaving. <laughs> <laughs> and so, then a baby comes out of its mouth. It threw up a baby. It pissed me off and I actually ended up finding out about it on the internet. I was like, that baby, like the scale of the baby that came out of the Shrieker didn't make any sense. And it was because they literally just used the exact same puppet, but then made it a point to like the way they zoomed in to try to make it look like it they wasn't. Made, they made a bigger cage. That's right. all they did. They did right. like they did like what Gallagher would do on stage when he would have a gigantic couch. Right, and they had nobody in the shot, so there was no point of reference for how ridiculous it was that they just used the same fucking puppet. And that that actually brings me to my point about the the uh, the geologist said something really weird when they too. saw the baby be the baby air quotes being born. She was like. Oh my God! It's a hermaphrodite. It, it doesn't. It's not a hermaphrodite. Have, like that's not. You're not using that word correctly, right? No. Like that, no, no, yeah, no. So it's not necessarily a hermaphrodite. We'd have to check its sexual organs for that to be true, but and you, also impregnate yourself. But anyway. it's it's an it's an asexual being. Yes, right. it's it's literally all you needed to say. You're you have a degree. I don't. I shouldn't be the one who knows this. <laughs> to be fair, though, she has a degree in geology, right. which is not biology. So if we found two rocks that were fucking and having babies, then I would believe what you were saying. But yeah, <laughs> yeah that's not that's not the word. That's not the right word. And you don't know what you're talking about. 1994. That is, I was like, ugh. yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, 1994. Yeah, we're, we're evolving. We are not saying this on, on movies anymore, which is just great. Asexual. Just say, oh, it, it it's cloning itself or something, because that's what it's right. doing. It's not, it doesn't have anything to do with the, uh, anyway. I'm sorry, you, Ralph. You don't understand. She's a scientist. She has to use <laughs> science words. <laughs> you know what? And this is totally just non sequitur. You know what word I did really appreciate being brought up into this movie? Brought back from the first one, a callback. Bert uses the word penetration once again unnecessarily. <laughs> he, he specifically does it too. He's like, yeah. I was told that I need to have more penetration. Yeah. He <laughs> loves to talk about the penetration of his bullets. It's amazing. I would listen to him talk about penetration anytime. Oh, I mean, he has he has such like ridiculous artillery um, that he got. Hold on, did he get just the truck, or did he actually get all this weaponry? From the Federales Army? Yeah, he got it from the Army. This guy's ready to go. He's got C4, dynamite, uh, oh, geez, uh, every type of other cool explosion device. He did do the smart thing, though, where he got a ton of stuff, where they were just like, okay, let's get a couple sticks of dynamite and blow up. Uh, I don't know how many graboids there are. <laughs> so unprepared. Well, I mean, he was ready to go. I did enjoy that they had the, they had him come back, because I, I love the seeing the guys in movies that just filter everything through a military lens of like, 
mm-hmm. relationship military well, <laughs> get along with your friends military <laughs> i love that he so they had to we talked about reba being taken out right so she they had to write something about it so she left him they had to write something that's what which they makes did. sense right what, what i loved is that he goes you know, she blames our problems on the collapse of the Soviet Union. <laughs> said I said I said I couldn't handle life without the threat of global war. <laughs> it made me lose my shit so much. Uh, but yeah, that's the kind of man he is, right? Um, that was in my uh, that was in my things I like notes. Was it? That was like, uh, oh, okay, so she can't be in the movie. I was like, that was a very natural way to write her out of the movie. Good job, movie, you did it. Uh, and then they came out and they were CGI, and I hated them. Um, the other thing that Bert said that really got to me, um, <laughs> so there was a time where they were cut off from connection, right? When, when we, the viewers, found out that these shriekers exist, but mm-hmm. Bert was not privy to this information. So when he finally does reconnect with the rest of the crew <laughs> in a, such a distress, he's like, I feel like I was denied critical need to know information. <laughs> you know, like <laughs> he, he harps on that. So much. They immediately like, well, we didn't know either. Which you'd be like, okay, yes. Uh, if I were in Bird's situation, I'd be like, okay, then I just need to simmer down. He keeps bringing it up. He keeps going, well, I wasn't told about these things. It's like, no one was. <laughs> and you wonder why Reba left. Right. <laughs> I don't. He went through <laughs> such, uh, like he got, he got, what would you call it? He got ran- ransacked? Is that a term? Is that what I'm looking for? Ambushed. Ambushed. Am- <laughs> Thank you. This is this is this is the relationship I love. What's the word? I, what, what, what was I saying? Ransacked. What, what does that mean? Uh, let's that look up a dictionary. It is, but I'm going to look right. up a dictionary. I think I think it means that when you like uh, quickly and messily rob somebody. Okay, well that didn't happen here. Oh, very. Ooh. What is it? Go hurriedly through a place, stealing things and causing damage. You almost dictionary definition. Ooh. Okay. I mean, okay. Well, let just that's relatively applicable. So these little fucking meatball monsters show up and they just start trying to destroy Bert. Um, and when he talks about how we survived, he goes, "The ones that got on board, I handled with a combination of small arms fire and and hand to hand techniques." And the visual of Bert fighting these things with his bare hands brings me so much joy. Well, he actually caught one, so he had... I mean, he has to be good with his hands at that point. He hogtied this thing. Yeah. He also did his, like, military spiel for, like, a bit too long. Like, (laughs) military spiel, he says, like, maybe two sentences, but he says it for, like, five, six sentences, and I was like, is this really that funny of a joke that we need to keep this going for this long? Answer? No. Yeah, strap exactly. in, Jim. I bet they're gonna fucking make that the whole thread through the rest of the movies with Bert. It's just like, he's the he's the doomsday preparer. You Is know, he the only the one that came back for all the movies? As I don't know. I understand all it. of them. I'm not. I'm trying not to look too much into like facts about some of the newer ones to leave it actually like authentic when we review them. But I do know that he's at least been up to like five, maybe wow. even six. As as. Uh, Siobhan didn't say it in the episode. She said it uh, at a different time, but she was like, this guy just keeps making himself available. <laughs> <laughs> he believes in the franchise. Yeah. He's like, I had poker night, but, you know, I can move that to Thursday. <laughs> oh, he was in Tim and Eric's Billion Dollar Movie. What, the, uh, Mike, is it Michael Gross? Is that what I, his name was? Something yeah. Uh, yeah. I know dad things. Family Ties. Oh, nice. I love dad him. from Family Ties? Yeah. <gasps> He's the dad from Family Ties. Yeah. Oh. I bet we've been together for a million years. I grew up on that show, sorry. 
I know we don't have the rights to the song, so I cut it off before 10 seconds. <laughs> I've never seen the show. Uh, I, I'm aware of it. I know who Alex P. Keaton is, but I actually never saw it. It never was on. It was like, for me, it was that weird time period where it would, everyone was like, I'm sick of Family Ties. I don't want to see it. Yeah. yeah. It's Family Ties, that one with um, Michael J. Fox. Michael mm-hmm. J. Fox. Yeah. Uh, 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 what's her face? His sister. Uh, Justine Bateman. Okay. Yeah, I never uh, got... To- yeah, I never got to watch it. I just the only literally the the thing I have to reference to it is the fact that he was Michael J. Fox was like shooting that during the day and shooting Back to the Future at night, right? Like there yeah. was like an overlap during that. He owned the eighties. It's killing it. Owned it. M- most of what I know about Alex P. Keaton is from that song uh, uh, by LFO, uh, Summer Girls. <laughs> something, something, something. Alex P. Keaton. <laughs> We're not only gonna not edit that out. We're actually later going to record information about LFO just to put into the podcast. I also want the long silence in, too. Okay. <laughs> the two of you well, like, mm-hmm. I'm editing this one, so don't worry. <laughs> I had a friend who one time said, uh, when LMFAO was really uh, popular, you remember the Party Rock guys? Yeah. She was like, wow, LFO got two new members. <laughs> See, that's the kind of comedy I came here for. <laughs> and now yeah. I think about, I want them to go out on tour. So it's the LMO, LMFA, MAO tour. <laughs> LFO, LMAFO, right? LFO, LMA, L. Oh my God. <laughs> See, I put them together just to make this kind of confusion in America. LFO, LMFAO tour. Yeah. It's too bad that the uh, the, the LFO guy died. Uh, oh, shit, that's right. He, he had... died, like, tragically. Yeah. We've got to talk about someone dying on every episode of our podcast. <laughs> I like that we brought up LFO specifically so we could talk about a person dying. Yeah, Jesus Christ. Was it a murder-suicide, Jim? No, he died of uh, some uh, disease okay. that was brought on by a murder-suicide. <laughs> <laughs> it's a big reveal on every single one of our episodes. He got eaten by a grandma later. Um... I'm going to bring us back to the movie with something that uh, I'm mad they didn't explore more, which was uh, the Graboid that ate the radio. I wanted that to be a thing that lasted the whole movie. I wanted that radio inside that sandworm just traveling through, playing some of the classics. Yeah. Me too. I wanted it. I wanted them to be like, oh, no, I hear country music in the distance. And then, like, you would see that. And then it gets, like, bigger and bigger uh, for some reason. I don't know. Just off the top of my head, uh, radios make it bigger. Uh, I, I'm no, no, no. selling this episode for you guys. <laughs> there's, a, there's a commercial for the upcoming Jaws movie, and you just hear da 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 Perfect. But that was that was something that would have been so great if they could make that would have made the movie better for me if that graboid turned out to be like friendly and it was like helping them defeat the other Graboids and they could hear the music playing and like they knew, cause that one also grabbed the chain of their truck mm-hmm. and pulled them around. I was like, oh, it's playing with them. It grabbed the radio, it's grabbing the thing. They're gonna have a friend and they're gonna put a saddle on it. It's gonna be cool. Nope. Nope, Bert goes, I heard there was, I heard a radio and I blew it up. Yep. And you're like, oh, okay. They also did the fake out where they were like, oh, this one's sick. Well, we should protect it and like keep it fine. And then it explodes, and you're like, 
Okay, right. I guess we're not going down that thread. That was <laughs> kind of exciting. Grady's yeah. like, don't you just feel bad for it, like, a little bit? And he's like, no! <laughs> not a single part of my traumatized existence feels bad for this thing. I wanted them to do a Jurassic Park thing and, like, get up to the side of it and be like, oh, it's breathing. Yeah. Oh, it's sick. Oh, it's probably, oh, it's got pneumonia. Oh, no. I also wanted that to happen. <laughs> But, like, Grady, like, played, like, Touch the Boat or whatever the fuck that game is. Uh, he just, like, went up and he, like, <laughs> smacked the, uh, the the Graboid on the side and then yeah. ran back. And I was just like, what the fuck? Like, it's not awake. It's not paying attention. Let me go whack it in the side real quick. That was one of those, like, that was one of those very unintentionally funny jokes. Because he just smacks it and I'm just like, that's, that's very silly. <laughs> This is a murderous creature that murdered your... Fred Ward's friend, Walter Chang, is dead because of one of these things. Yeah. And you're playing, like, flick, flick its dick. Like, yo, dude, just, like, run up and flick its dick and then run away. Like, <laughs> not a time or place. Uh, you want to go streaking really... after this? <laughs> speaking of really, <laughs> uh, really stupid buffoonish things, uh, I had to Google the word today. Um... It was the way he described the hills. Anybody want to help me out with the word? Oh, alluvial. Alluvial. Thank you. Right, because he mentioned that, the, like, okay, I thought you mentioned that they couldn't go through mountains, you know, whatever. Uh, but then he calls out that the hills are alluvial, which I didn't know what the hell that was. But the line from back from Grady um, oh, is a line that I had prepared, ready to go in my notes. Jim, go ahead. Oh, I forget what the line was. Okay, I was hoping that. Do you I want? Vamp- did you want me to vamp uh, for you? Yeah, because I can I do find that. This goddamn line. Yeah. Because I do know what alluvial means because of uh, I took a geology class one okay, time. Cool. What is actually? Uh, yeah, what does alluvial mean to you? So there's a, like a thing called an alluvial fan. Uh, that's like when rocks come down off the mountains and then they spread out. I think that's what it means. I don't know. I didn't pay that much attention in that geology class. I was in it for the trip about, trip across America that uh, was offered with it. Did you get it? It it was the the whole class was a trip across America. Oh, so you went across America? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, and that's exciting. I went to Nevada and like uh, places like that. Did it's you see a, the woods? Ah, uh, I didn't. Mm, I saw the uh 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 that salt place. That's a bunch of salt. The Devil's Golf Course. <laughs> Mar-a-Lago? Is that <laughs> sorry? That's my last. That's my last political joke. Sorry. <laughs> I'm I'm never gonna find a gem. It's cool. basically he's just like come, talks about how he's like, is it that little fucking hangy ball that like dingleberry that hangs in the back of your throat? Yes. Oh it, yeah. He, he couldn't. That. Yeah, he couldn't remember exactly what it was. And that was another one where I just kind of like spit out my drink a little bit, and it feels like <laughs> such a junior high. He is. He was like a 14-year-old kid in an adult body for this. Like, that's the side. He got he got Morty from Rick and Morty. Like, <laughs> that, this is his dumb, youthful sidekick that he's going to bring on this adventure. He made a joke that I would make. What's that? Uh, uh, when they're all... I think they, like, lock them in the uh, in that room at, near the end. They lock them in that big shed, and they close the door, and they're like, yeah, we did it. He goes over to the window, and he goes, how's it feel to be stupid? And I was like, oh, fuck, I say that all the time. <laughs> If you that's the thing that kind of bugs me about it, too, is if you want to have he just he was just like so dumb during the course of the movie for for somebody his age. If you want to have a 14 year old kid be the sidekick, have a 14 year old. I would have enjoyed it more if it was a 14 year old kid that that wasn't playing dumb because that guy was like 
30 years old. Like, okay, you should know some of this stuff. Who hasn't played uh, rock, paper, scissors, or as they called it, scissors, paper, rock? <laughs> Which annoyed me. I was like, that who calls it that? They could have actually just brought back Melvin from the first one, which maybe they tried to reach out some of the, some of the original cast, but that kind of idiotic, like, buffoon kid already existed in the first movie. If that's what they were going for, they could have just, cool, now you're under my wing. I'm Fred Ward. I have a cowboy hat and tight, tight jeans. I'm Kevin Bacon now. Like, it would have been fine. Pass the throne. <laughs> I, I think what's funny about that is that you think that uh, they saw that movie and went, you know what the success of this movie was? That awful kid that everyone hated. <laughs> <laughs> Let's make him the star. <laughs> well, I mean, I would have loved to have him back with Bert again because at least they had that kind of like stupid rapport where like Bert kind of just treated him like an idiot. Yeah, I'm going to kick his ass. Yeah. Fred Ward. He looks weird with long hair. I didn't like him with long hair. I liked him better with short hair. Mm-hmm. He's a, he's a short hair guy. Yeah. Like there yeah. are people who have short hair and they look great with short hair. I'm not but one of them. I'm not one of them. Yeah, no. He, he, need, he, needs, he needs the short hair. Yeah. Yeah, that's... That's that's his head. He has a short hair head. He does right. not have a long hair head. Well, I'm trying to think of what else. I don't, okay, this is something maybe both of you can help me out with. What the fuck else is Fred Warden other than uh, um, fucking Joe Dirt? That's literally the only thing I know <laughs> from. He's been in a ton of stuff. I can't think of anything off the top of my head, but he's been in every... He's one of those actors that's like, oh, he's been in literally everything. Oh, he was in Southern Comfort. That is a movie that, like, me and my friends know, and that's kind of it. Uh, I'll keep looking. Oh, he's in the right stuff. Yeah, he is. Uh, and Henry and June, which... <gasps> that's right. Oh, that was the first NC-17 movie, wasn't it? Oh, I think the first... Because the first NC-17 movie would have been... Nope, you're right. You nailed it. Okay, never mind. I Because I was thinking of the X-rating. Never mind. Yeah, no, at first X-rated movie uh, to win an Oscar was uh, Midnight Cowboy. Which I've seen, and it's very good. It is very good. Is it a porn? Nope. No. Midnight Cowboy. It's very good. Uh, I suggest it. It sounds yeah. like a porn. It has that song by, um, oh, what's the guy's name I, who I love? Harry Nilsson. Everybody's talking, talking at me. Um, it, and it has John Voight as a male prostitute before he got all Republican and weird. Uh, sweet. Hey, I was going to say, it's got, it's, got some, it's got Dustin Hoffman in it and then a bunch of people I have no idea who they are. Rats you know what? So. You know what? Uh, you know what line from that movie that you would know? What's that? Hey, I'm walking here. Oh, that's what that's from. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay, great. Uh, like everybody just says that, but in whatever movie they're doing, but in New York. And that was a real thing. Like the the cab drove up and wasn't supposed to be in the shot, and that was actually <sighs> Dustin Hoffman getting pissed off and yelling at the cab driver. He almost said, "I'm acting here," and yeah. he was like, "Got to stay in character." <laughs> So I've actually never been hit by a taxi driver, but I did cause somebody else uh, to get hit in one in a very what? humorous way. No, this is I love ta I love talking about this. So I have to tell you, um, you familiar with ripsticks, the little two wheeled wiggle boards like they're like skateboards. Yes. But they have a bar in between them. Yes. So back in college, little little baby Kai was buying these things and getting incredibly stoned and going by the East River and like. Doing kind of this like battle royale thing with their friends where we'd like crash into each other and whoever fell off, whatever. Anyways, late night after one of my royales, I'm on my way home, rip sticking, and I'm just sticking it up, you know, out there. It's like it's like 1 a.m. in the morning, and I'm going across the Lower East Side, and I'm uh, I stumble across like these two guys, and one of them just locks eyes with me, 
and decides that he needs to punch me. So he, punches, <laughs> just, he just nails me in the face. Uh, and I fall off my, my, yeah, I fall off my ripstick and I'm just like, what the fuck? And his friend looks at me. He's like, oh, you got a fucking problem? Because he didn't see that his friend just hit me. Um, and I just immediately split decision, looked at my ripstick, ran towards it, jumped on it, wiggled away. And when I moved across <laughs> the street, he came chasing after me. And the, the I'm walking here moment happened because the taxi driver came and, and was like, and stopped him from being able to come, like, come after me. So I was just like, I'll never know why that person felt the need to punch me. Um, I'm glad I was able to escape. But Im- <laughs> I'm sorry, the image of you wiggling away is yeah. very, like, <laughs> someone punches you, you're like, oh no, and then you're just like, <laughs> what I'm particularly proud of is that just before that, um, because uh, shout out to David Nelson, who got me really good at running towards it when it was flat and getting initial momentum, like I, jumping on, like running towards it, getting a head start, getting your feet flattening out and then cruising. So I got a quick like speed boost and was able to wiggle in front of the taxi before it across the, like came up to the stop. Um, hey, I'm, I'm, the I'm still anxious about it. Um, I really, I think that's the closest I've ever been to like fully getting like pummeled by like a bunch of people or like two by like people that were clearly drunk and ready to throw down. Um, I'm fine. I'm totally fine. Oh God! <laughs> episode. We're just bringing up some, and now welcome back to guys or like you know so early we're drama. To talk about graboids. Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> no, but that shit happens. It really does. I mean, I I I kind of know why that guy did it. I mean, I think. <laughs> well, let's put okay because I'm on a ripstick, or is it? Was do you think this, do you think this is like a or because I I mean I wasn't out. I wasn't visibly queer, but I definitely was out there shouting to the world, you should probably punch this ripstick person. Oh, yeah. No, I didn't mean anything about you. I was just talking internally about his struggle for his own self-acceptance. That person had either just lost, like, a ripstick, like, like competition. And <laughs> just, like... His dad was murdered by a ripstick. <laughs> right. <laughs> what happened to this person? You know how I feel about ripsticks, stranger? This My dad died in a ripstick factory. <laughs> he died. He got ripstick lung. If I died because of daddy issues, that's perfectly fine. My wife left me because I'm too in a ripping. <laughs> My girlfriend is pregnant with ripstick twins. <laughs> how am I going to feed all these mouths? I don't even know how many mouths they have. <laughs> I want to punch your face. I want a whole family. A whole family full of ripstickers. I just want a whole like a whole squad to come rolling down the street. I want a baby carrier that's on top of a ripstick that's somehow also wiggling down the street. I... <laughs> Timmy, stop picking on your sister. Timmy, wiggle away from her. Wiggle, wiggle away. away. Timmy, wiggle. Listen to your mother. <laughs> I want to see that sketch right fucking now. Uh, well, I still have my ripstick upstairs. Uh, so <laughs> you can make it happen. I don't know what is funnier to me, like the uh, image of like a ripstick with like a face on it or like a kid whose feet are ripsticks. Ooh. Like he, he's, he's per- he doesn't have feet. He has a, he has a ripstick in between them. So with that, Melinda, you're implying that in between these feet, he has a bar. Like there's some... Ugh. Like, like, um... <laughs> Uh, the little plastic army men. Okay. Yeah, 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 right. With little wheels on the bottom, but with like humanoid skin. Oh, you're Ew. getting very into how disgusting I want this to be. 
Yeah, why would the why would the genetics just be confined to their feet? I was picturing them like full body ripstick. That was what I was initially picturing. Yeah. So wait, so you got like kind of like a Megatron situation, but it's ripstick? Yeah. <laughs> Can you imagine if I was a transformer, I would be the ripstick transform. I would get the the stick. <laughs> Of like, oh, everybody transform, and there's like a giant jet and a fucking RC like fucking car like Porsche, and I transform into a ripstick. Like, <laughs> I can't move by myself. Somebody has to jump on top of me. Also, no, the you guys picture... will fight. It's fine. I'll just stay here. Also, the picture of like all these really fast cars going away, and then just you <laughs> really slowly ripsticking. <laughs> Please kill me. Somebody kill me. <laughs> I'm so glad I brought a winning performance. Right, I would get an Oscar for that shit. (sighs) I'm so glad I brought up (laughs) ripsticks. It's one of those things that doesn't need to be talked about, like for like every ten years. Like, (laughs) (laughs) I do want to. I have something else to say about Tremors too, which (laughs) it's okay. You're you're saying it at that point where we should talk about some of those additional things we didn't talk about in Tremors too. So the. So okay, we're we're accepting that the graboids mutated or evolved. So now they're the the. I mean, we're not have to accept it, but you know, it is what it is. Yeah. Of the the things on two legs that are running around, and the the cast figures out that they hunt by not by vibration like the other ones did, not by sound like the other ones did, but by heat. Great. Okay, you're in the fucking desert, like. What is what's the stupidest way you could hunt for stuff by heat? Because everything's hot. Yeah, that's dumb. Why didn't I think of this? Yeah, why, I didn't think about that either. Why did I watch this movie and I just accepted it? Like, oh yeah, they're in the they're in the Mexican desert. Like, it's totally right. fine. It's not hot out there. There's plenty of those inconsistencies. Um, one that really bothered me is okay. So they're they're attacking cars, and we find out the reason why is because there's heat. The engine's on, whatever. So they know that could be something I want to eat. I'm gonna go eat it. Right. When they're human bodies, that these things should be able to sense. And they use door like a door to try to like to be like, I'm not here peekaboo with these things. Mm-hmm. Somehow you can't see the heat through a door, but you can see the heat through a hood of a car. Like And they weren't like good quality doors. They were like contractor special and em- like empty, no core mm-hmm. doors. Right. And that's fine. Yeah. <laughs> like like it was very like <laughs> <laughs> There's a couple really, really like cartoony moments where they're like, "How do we escape this one? Oh, I know. We'll uh, we'll heat up the pants and put them on the clothesline and rip them out. <laughs> <laughs> so that let's way, go the, let's go into that bedroom house. And then they get into the house that it's completely, uh, it's completely not finished. It's just a wall with a door. At one point, I wrote down, I'm like, this is basically just another Home Alone movie. There's just stupid little things. We're reviewing Home Alone still. There's a remote control car. Ugh. I love how they turned into a Buster Keaton movie. <laughs> hey, how are we going to get out of this thing? Oh, we're, we're in a pickle. I don't know. <laughs> Let's hop on that trolley car and see where it takes us. Downtown. Great. <laughs> I like that's what you think that happens in Buster Keaton movies. <laughs> Well, they were silent. You have to add your own, add your own twist to it. <laughs> but I also like the idea that uh, Buster Keaton thought that an, uh, a fun thing to put into a movie is they go on a trolley to downtown. That was a big trip for people back then. That was like flying to Hawaii for people. Downtown on a trolley on my budget? No, thank you. You think I got 10 cents, Missy? I don't think so. How am I going to feed all these ripstick 
kids <laughs> taking a trip downtown on a trial. You get out of here, Mr. Moneybags. Unless you want to marry me and help raise these ripstick kids. <laughs> Rippers, roll out. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, worst show ever. I don't know why, but to me, they're like a middle-aged suburban, like privileged white family. That's just, yeah, <laughs> yeah absolutely. absolutely. Oh. <laughs> They're like, this family does two things, loves and loves some more. <laughs> oh, I really thought you were going to be like, loves and rips. <laughs> that, that too. <laughs> yeah, I mean, okay, so they, it felt like they had, they wrapped it up real, relatively quick at the end. For me, like yeah. it was just weird pacing through the whole movie and then... The the whole climax of them being put inside this garage, it just it I don't know I just I didn't care I wasn't that suspenseful for for me it was like eating junk food and rice flour for that me, they all translated and and made the realization <gasps> sweet what a dulce what oh sweets and rice flour oh no I did like they all did that together yeah. <laughs> Like, you all knew that? like Because I didn't know it. I was right. sitting at home like, oh, that's an interesting reason. Well, in the, too. in the words of Fred Ward in this movie, he goes, it's a whole new ball game. It's a whole new ball game. Like, <laughs> that's it's just. This entire movie was a whole new. They kept pivoting. It's like, okay. <laughs> it's like when you're watching a bad improv scene and instead of building on top of a premise, they just keep introducing new, new premises. Yeah. Yep. That's what that's what the shriekers felt like to me. It was like, okay, how do we build on top of graboids? We'll make a new thing. Yeah. <laughs> and it's nothing at all like the graboid. And then everybody on the sidelines is like, oh, we're doing this? Okay, okay. All, all right. right, fine. I'll be Fred Ward. All right. Yeah, okay. I'll, I'll be Fred Ward like he said that to himself. <laughs> <laughs> I just happened to be around when everyone was talking about the movie. He's like, all right, cool. Yeah, I'll be Fred Ward and uh, let's do it. <laughs> well, Can I play Earl again? Yeah. <laughs> I want to be an ostrich in this one. No, Mr. <laughs> Ward, you can't. You have to be, I want to be an ostrich. <laughs> Can I have long hair? <laughs> sure, go to town. <laughs> Another random consistent that bothered me. So uh, Fred Ward saves the day, right? He's the one who's like, spray me with these fire extinguishers. And that's what's going to make me, you know, I won't give off any heat. These things won't know that it's me. Where did these fire extinguishers come from? Is that how fire extinguishers work? Uh, what, to, to blow a bunch of cold stuff on you? Uh, yeah. It is cold. Like, the way the fire extinguishers don't work in, like, they're like, fire is hot. If I put if I put cold there, all of a sudden it's cold. It, like, smothers the heat. Right. It is cold. So it smothers it, but it's not the temperature that does anything. It's the CO2 that does the smothering. Yeah, but it's also cold. Like, But CO2. it's not, like, that. It, it looked like they dipped him in nitro and liquid nitrogen. He was yeah. He was like uh, like Mr. Frost. It was out of nowhere. I was like, okay. Are you thinking of Mr. Freeze? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> not Robert Frost. <laughs> no, I'm not thinking about Robert oh. Frost. What was his name? <laughs> Mr. Frost. Yes, it reminded me. Ah, <laughs> uh, Freezy the Snowman. That would have made this movie better if Arnold Schwarzenegger as Mr. Freeze was in it. Hey, graboids, <laughs> chill. That was a question I was trying to figure out. Right? We've complained about Grady. If you were the the casting people on on this movie and you were like oh kevin bacon's not down fred ward needs a sidekick who's it gonna be who would you go with from 94 or from 2020 let's do yeah no bring me back to 94 that's oh, fine shit. and okay. it, honestly okay. hold on and no, no no and you can actually i'm gonna give you the license to 
time travel, take someone that's currently acting and put them alongside the then 1994 fretboard. I have a 1994 answer, uh, but I have to remember his name. Vince Vaughn. It's not Michael Sarah. Okay, keep going. No, it's it's 19 <laughs> it's 1994's Vince Vaughn because he looks like Vince Vaughn from that time period. Like oh. I said, he looks like he's from Swingers. Wait, hold on. You're saying Fred Ward looks like Vince Vaughn? Who are we? Who are we casting right now? We're replacing Kevin Bacon's like missing void. We're going into the Aftershocks movie. We're saying we don't. We can't get Kevin. We need someone to to buddy cop this situation. I am Kevin Bacon's missing void. Yes. I, <laughs> who fills? Who, who's gonna penetrate this void <laughs> <laughs> that exists? I want to change my answer, but I don't know to what yet. Okay, that's perfect. I uh, I'm gonna blow everybody's mind. I'm Take ready. this journey with me, if you will. Um, another 1994 movie, Speed. Sandra Bullock. Mm-hmm. Hear me out. Hear me uh. the fuck out. What if? Now we're gonna play. What if? What if instead of Speed, her breakout role was Tremors Two: Aftershocks? Ooh. Oh shit! Think she about would, the world we live in right now. Yeah. If she was just as, and she made the movie just as, as uh, like successful as she did in Speed. Yeah. What if instead for Trevor's? No. Nobody gives Sandra Bullock a dead and empty character arc. Like, no, she yeah. would have been a fucking full on character and right. she would have out acted Fred Ward and everybody else on that, that stage. It would have been amazing. Right. What, if, what if that happened? I was, I was really imagining like the scenario would be, oh, then Sandra Bullock wouldn't be famous. Like, that's all. <laughs> right. That's the answer. <laughs> We never, we would have never got to see her float in space by herself forever. Oh God! Don't get me started on gravity. I like that movie. Uh, no, I meant the actual Universal Force. <laughs> 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 Fucking bullshit! All right. No, I, bullshit. Jim, did you get a? Did you get another answer? Did you got one? Oh, I, I was too busy thinking about Sandra Bullock. No, I think that totally works. I mean, the next thing I thought of, and it was only because we were talking about Sandra Bullock and gravity, and I was thinking about people who can pull off movies where they're just by themselves. So logically, the next thing I thought about was Tom Hanks, who we've already talked about on this podcast. But we'll bring back Tom. Imagine Tom it's, just... Is, it's just Tremors 2, Aftershocks, but every single role is played by Tom Hanks. Yeah, we know. <laughs> we know the classic trope. All right, so we're bringing that back. So wait, hold on. Are we doing Tom Hanks as the Shriekers too? Oh, yeah, absolutely. 100%. Oh, God. I want him also to be a CGI Tom Hanks. Oh, like, like Polar that. Express. Yeah, exactly. Wow. <laughs> that was getting good. We should have wrote this movie. We would have done a better job. Right. Uh, another thing that kind of I want to talk about is the big explosion that happens at the end. Yes. Right. It's absurd. Fred Ward sets up a bomb inside of the, the, the truck that's inside the garage. Mm-hmm. And when this thing explodes, like they're all running away and they're, you know, thinking they made it far enough, whatever. Bert's just like, no, 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 no. You got to keep running. They conveniently find a trench yep. that exists uh, on the on the grounds. One of those oil trenches. Yeah, we know. Yeah. Oh, yep. Yeah, okay. Never mind. They conveniently find an oil trench, which totally makes sense. And that's not <laughs> I, don't, I don't think that's uh, real. And then the. <laughs> Jim, you got to stop, man. I'm gullible and I'll believe anything you say. <laughs> uh, you know, your classic oil trench. Um, but then when everything explodes, I loved how silly it was that there's the first wave of explosion and then there's like 10 seconds that passes and then there's just debris that, that you can you can tell like 20 feet in the air is just cast throwing random debris and shit at them yep. under the ground. And the, the original explosion, you could tell it looked like we're going to blow up this tiny little model house. <laughs> 
We're going to slow it down so it looks bigger than it is, but it really didn't work. And and then uh, the the sidekick guy was uh, he got yeah it, it just wasn't and then at the end they show like in the distance the matte painting of the giant crater that was left because they used too much c4 that was not that big of an explosion relax guys my favorite part about that was the first explosion like the sound wave hits them and he gets knocked grady gets knocked over and so does a nearby shack uh you know one of those old shacks that just sit by the uh the old oil trench. Yeah, the the oil trench shack. We all we all have experienced it. Right. We're on the same page here. Um that falls like basically on top of him. And then they're like, Oh God, that was quite the explosion. Oh, we should get Grady out from under there. And then debris starts falling on him. He was he would have been the safest one underneath right. that. Like the debris would have hit that and he would have been like, okay, but instead they're just like, oh, if I just cover my hand with my, if I cover my head with my hands, then I won't get skewered by uh, flying wood and get so many splinters. <laughs> I'm sad that they didn't take the opportunity to have candy fall on them and be like, ooh, candy. Oh, rice flour. Oh. <laughs> Yay. Yay. MREs. <laughs> Oh, I mean, yeah, I want an MRE with some toilet paper inside. That sounds really great. That was the dumbest joke. Well, hold on. We keep saying MRE, and I, it's, it does, did everyone before today in the world just know what an MRE MRE was? Because I didn't know. No, I didn't. Uh, Yes, I did. Um, I've had them. Uh, They're disgusting. They're absolutely gross. There's just, they, it means meal ready to eat. Is that what it's short for? Which is stupid because they're not ready to eat. They're freeze dried or kind of freeze dried. What you kind of do is you like, Open up. It's it's a packet of food that's in like base kind of tinfoilish, uh, but it's like whatever. Uh, and then you pour boiling water into it. Then you close it off, and then you like wait a couple minutes, and then you open it up, and now it's ready to eat. So it's ramen noodles. Yeah, kind of. Okay. Uh, except uh, somehow more disgusting. Well, ramen noodles are delicious. I've actually never had them. What? I know. Um, I made it all through college without uh, eating them. God. I'm surprised was... you went through, like, elementary. Uh, that's what I ate in elementary school. Like, schoolyard lunch was bring a bag of beef ramen, sprinkle the little, you know, do a line of the, the beef <laughs> stuff, you know, the little the powder, and put a little bit back in, and then bang it on, a, you know, a rock, and then eat the little, uh, little tiny little pieces. Oh, so you didn't even use water or anything? You just no, no, no. I, I ate this shit. Just I, just, I would just shake all that shake up with some broken bits of ramen and just sit there in the corner of the playground. Just blah, 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 blah. That's hard. <laughs> I didn't have yeah I ate a peanut butter fluff sandwich like that's what I ate every day oh so good Mm. I haven't had one since I was like 10 but yeah oh man I have to make myself one of them well yeah you're from you're from the state of fluff right are you from Massachusetts you're not you just live there (laughs) did you live in mass you were talking about mass earlier in Boston me yes I was gonna say not me Billy no, no, no. You're okay. Never mind. You're from here. Never mind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fond memories. What is Fluffinutter a, a Massachusetts thing? Fluffinutter is a Massachusetts thing. Oh. When I um when I went to New York City for school, one of my uh one of my buddies had no idea what fluff was. Like I gave I introduced him to Fluffinutter or fluff, huh? not Fluffinutters. Um, mm, that guy. Thing. No, that guy just never had the thing because they're. I feel like they're an all over America thing. I mean, I'm, felt, su- I'm sure it is. It's just for whatever reason, it just never made its way into his. Well, he's he was a very like suburban rich kid. Um, if, probably. I mean, it does fluff. feel like it feels like it has its origins in like the depression. 
or like war rations where they're like we can't we can't have this many food we got to give it to our soldiers so we're just going to put a bunch of marshmallows and heat them up and then you're going to eat them on sandwiches you idiots while you well y'all wasting all y'all dimes on on taking a trolley downtown you know what they're doing <laughs> eating fluffinuts <laughs> we'd go play stickball and eat our fluffinuts afterwards just like a good ripstick family should <laughs> uh oh here comes the anola gay oh no well, I'll sometimes do that voice to like my dad, and every time he, every time he, uh, I do that, he always goes, "And here comes the Anola Gay," and I'm like, <laughs> "What does that mean?" <laughs> oh, the Anola Gay. I believe the Anola Gay was the um, that was the plane that dropped the bombs on uh, uh, Nagasaki and Hiroshima. Yeah, we bring up such positive things in our podcast. <laughs> that, was that was fun. <laughs> we all know the Enola Gay. Come on, guys. <laughs> I wish the I wish that Mid Atlantic accent would come back, though. I always enjoyed that. That hi, everybody. It's my favorite. Uh, so uh, good. I do it so much. I have a friend that hates it because I'll just uh, I'll come in and be like, "Here comes him. Here, here comes Gerald Brown with his patented scuba suit." <laughs> 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 Jim, I want you to uh, I want you to do this, but as like a sports broadcaster, essentially for my wedding. <laughs> Are they gonna say yes? Find out next. Tune in next time. <laughs> it's Back a two-part series. And now a word from our sponsors: cigarettes. <laughs> <laughs> um. Speaking of sponsors and uh, things that we like to uh, promote here on the podcast, uh, Ralph, I'm curious. Do you do you have some upcoming things that you would like to promote? Keep in bear in mind, this podcast won't be coming out for like another month from now. Oh, uh, when we're recording. Well, in that case, <laughs> <laughs> we're so good at timeliness. I have a bunch of stuff coming up in November, but too late. Um, you missed it. You missed it. It was great. It was a workshop about how to have a mid-Atlantic accent. <laughs> uh, uh, no, it's uh, really the only thing I have going on is, is uh, like I say it, but <laughs> the only thing I have going on right now uh, is my business. So uh, my, my coaching business. So that's if I had to promote anything, it would be that. And what is your coaching business? Oh, okay. Can I do the, the little spiel? Oh, please do. No, literally, that, that's... You, so, you have 15 minutes. Please do your PowerPoint presentation. Well, as you can hear, uh, stocks are up. Uh, <laughs> I, I own a business called Information Coaching and Communication. It is uh, a coaching business. I am a mindset coach, trained mindset coach, and I help my clients navigate big changes. So anybody who is at the pre precipice of taking a big step into... The unknown, you know, healthier habits, new job, relationship stuff, anything like that, especially right now with the pandemic, a lot of people are talking to me about, hey, I have all this stress. I have these big changes that are happening. What do I do? They come to me and I partner with people to help them through it. So I help them figure out what they really want to do, who they really are, where they really want to go, pinpoint all that stuff. And then it's easier to make a roadmap of them for them to follow to get to where they're going. So that's what I do. I think you're providing a very necessary thing that everybody really needs right now because we all just got punched in the face with a 
well, now what am I going to be? Right. You know, yeah. what, and, now what am I going to do? And I let somebody else, I can't take credit for this because another coach I know uh, said this, but it, I say this to everybody because it really resonates. We're all going through a shared trauma right now of the quarantine. You know, people, thousands of people, hundreds of thousands of people have died. We're all quarantined in our houses. We can't see each other. It's trauma. We're all going through this together and we don't know how to process it. So the more people can reach out, talk to each other, connect like through Skype, through Zoom, all that stuff. Talk to people like me, like coaches who just like then get shit out, talk about what to do next. It's all very necessary. So if I had one thing to say, it's like, don't stay by yourself in a bubble. Reach out to somebody, even if it's just a text like, hey, what are you doing? Keeping those lines of communication open right now is so fucking important for everybody. Cool. Do you, do you have a uh, like a website or a... yes? Uh, people can find me at informationcoaching.com. Uh, you can also find me on LinkedIn and Facebook uh, at infocoachralph. Just search for that and you'll find me there as well. And I can absolutely speak from not only from actually being uh, your friend, also having you as an improv coach, uh, and also just a few times in the context of actually. Me having interest in taking on a life similar to yours, you and I have done a little test sample of what it would be like to be one of uh, one of your clients. Yes, you mind fucked me so hard, <laughs> <laughs> but in the best way, and I appreciate it. So Thanks I can, I will, you know, I will say that, and you can quote me on that. Uh, put that on your website, but no, it, it is really just a matter of. We all have, we all, we all have the answers about what we need to do with ourselves right now, right? We, but. They just they feel so far away. Um, so yeah, even just j literally, it's amazing how much just connecting with a few friends right now that I haven't touched with in a while can give you a new perspective. Sometimes just getting someone that isn't in your day to day circle um, and can just kind of give you a little bit more perspective about where you need to go right now is clutch. And you said it right. I don't have the answers. Like my clients have the answers. It's all about just holding space for them to be able to find them themselves. So it's it's a really magical thing. And it's a lot like improv. Like there's a lot of what I want people to get is those aha moments of like, oh my God, I get it. I understand what this scene's about right now. Like that's what right. I do for people. And it's so magical and fun to see people have those moments. I've so. always I've always said that about your uh, improv coaching style is it always feels like you're coaxing the scene out of me. Yep. Rather than telling me, oh, you should do this. Yeah. Right. I, I don't have I don't have the answers. And that's why I like coaching so much. It's the same thing. Like if I tell you how to do the scene, you're just going to do the scene like I told you to. That doesn't help you at all. I want you to figure it out for yourself because then that you could do that more and right. not have to worry about having me on the sidelines like, no, do that voice again. Right. I, I think I got it kind of from you. And if it wasn't directly like spoken from you, I just picked up and got it fr from your classes that uh, my character knows the lines. My character knows what what I'm supposed to say. Mm -hmm. If I just give in and let myself be the character, then I'll have the lines. I don't yep. I don't have to worry about it so much. <laughs> yeah, that's exact. Don't think about it too much. Just let it happen. Well, Get out of your own way. I am with doing that. Uh, <laughs> well, with that, I really want to thank you for coming onto our podcast, uh, oh, yeah, sharing time so and space with us. Fun. This was great. Thank you so much for having me. This was a blast. I loved it. Well. Uh, thank you, everybody, for coming on. Uh, next week, uh, we are going to be back with Jack McDermott. Uh, we'll be going over the third uh, installment of the Tremors series, I believe. <clears throat> it's Tremors 3, Back to Perfection.
great. <laughs> Thank you so much, everybody. Uh, thanks again, Ralph. Thank you, Jim. I love you both. You're wonderful. Thank you. Thank you. I love you. Bye. Bye, everybody. It's still uh, recording. I should have said, said I love you to them. Do you want to take it back? It's, it's going to be awkward now when I see them. Why? Because <laughs> do you think they're going to like think that we're in a committed relationship now? I think so. I th oh, no. Uh, we need to call them back. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Pretend I'm not here. <laughs>